Hello and welcome to the 361 Degrees Podcast, Season 3, Episode 5. My name's Ben Smith from Wireless Worker. I'm Ruth Blanford from All About Windows Phone. I'm Ewan from Mobile Industry Review. But before we begin, Mr. Smith, did I see you on Bloomberg again? Yeah, you you did. You did. I mean, I, I, I'm embarrassed to admit it, but yes, you did. Absolutely. What's so. going on there? Well, you know, it's just that when you reach a level of global stardom, they just uh, find it far too appealing <laughs> to have you back. So, although, I, as, as I as I believe I expressed to you before the before we started recording, they did sit me on this same uncomfortable stool, which makes me look precarious and slightly wobbly, to, to, to say the least, both both literally and metaphorically. Well, I think we are honoured, honoured to be amongst a global uh, megastar. Well, we'll be able to say we knew him when he was a podcaster. Well, in, indeed, and, and that's, that stool will go for some serious money sometime in the future, I tell you. So we Certainly, I was, I was clinched to it fairly vigorously as I wobbled about on top of it and the lady asked me questions. So, um, anyway, enough of my stardom, gentlemen. You, you are well. Otherwise, we're, we're, this is our first one in, se- in um, Season 3 recorded remotely over Skype. So, uh, uh, apologies to everyone, but it's, uh, sometimes it's difficult to, uh, to get everyone in the same room. But uh, you are well, gentlemen. All I can see is your avatars. My avatar says it's fine. Uh, Rafe Blanford? My avatar from three years ago says it's fine too. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you look young, but you, you, you always look young anyway, so no, nothing's changed. So, some, somewhere there's a picture of Rafe Blanford in an attic getting older, you know? <laughs> Don't give away my secrets. I know. Okay, uh, Ewan McLeod, what are we talking about this week? Uh, well, we're talking about Samsung, who I think, if you have been following the podcast regularly, you might infer that they have been unloved, which is not the case, but I don't think we've actually talked about Samsung specifically, right? No, I don't think we have, have we? And it's a bit of a, it's a bit remiss of us, actually, because I realised this week that they and Apple really are the only two handset manufacturers globally making any money worth talking about at the moment is it Rafe I mean I think um, HTC make a very small amount but everyone else is making a loss aren't they yeah that's absolutely spot on I mean I would say they're the only ones who haven't been having financial problems and I think more to the point they're kind of occupying the top two spots in the smartphone world and Samsung actually as of the last quarter is the biggest mobile phone manufacturer as well and, uh, and and for taste and decency, I'm not going to do my usual number two slot gag. So there's nice for you. <laughs> um, so, OK, so it's Samsung week. Um, uh, of course, the, the reason it's Samsung week is the Galaxy S3 was released this week. Are we impressed, gentlemen? Ewan? Uh, you know, OK, first of all, I haven't had hands on with it, so... Um, you know, you have to wait and see. I, I walked by a Vodafone it, store today, and were... it it doesn't normally stop you expressing very vehement opinions one way or the other. Well, I'm about to give you the the vehement opinion. I'm just okay. I'm trying to couch it in some reality. Uh, I walked by the Vodafone store. It was right there, or a plastic one. In fact, it is plastic anyway, isn't it? I mean, it, it's it, um they had they had one in the window. I didn't stop. And I think this is quite interesting here. I didn't stop. I, I looked at it. I thought, oh, S3. And I just moved on. And I think that's probably my, my problem there. I, um, I I think what's letting it down is Android. I, I don't know what's gone wrong, or gone on or wrong with me. I just don't respond that well to Android. I had the HTC One X uh, recently. Gorgeous phone. Beautiful experience. I just don't really like... I, I think I feel that Google don't really care about Android. I think that's my problem. 
so and that therefore that infects all of my it colors my view on Android on Samsung on the S3 so sounds cool looks cool some of the features sound pretty pretty nifty but I'll be interested to know what Rafe thinks of the S3 well I've been quite impressed by the S3 if you look at the pre-sales it's doing very well indeed but there is just a feeling slightly for me of not quite enough excitement it particularly from a design point of view, it doesn't feel like they've moved on from the Galaxy Nexus. And I think they're suffering from the problem that you know this device has been absolutely hyped as being the you know, breaking new ground for Android, being the top high-end Android device. And in many ways it is, but it's not that much better than something like the One X. In fact, I think those are the two top Android devices. And so from that point of view, it's really important. Android is the dominant smartphone platform. So yes, that's a big deal. As I say, there is just this feeling of they could have delivered uh, a little bit more. I don't think it's very fair because actually I think they've done a really interesting job. The hardware maybe lets it down, but on the software side, it's been an interesting strategic change from Samsung. For the first time, they've really started talking about the services and the software on top and the amount of customizations they're doing to Android 4. And yes, some of it is copying you know, the equivalent to Siri there, S-Voice feature, but there are other little bits in there, the auto-tagging of faces and these kind of Samsung offerings that mean they've actually changed from just being about specs and the top-end hardware. They're starting to offer that software, and, and I think that's a big change. And so that's why the S3 kind of stands out for me as being uh, more interesting than perhaps some of the, the hype might suggest it, it, it is in reality. Why do you think... Well, it's, so, it's, it's famously now had, it had 9 million pre-orders, which is pretty good by anyone's yardstick i mean i think apple might challenge them from time to time but anyone else would be delighted to have nine million pre-orders on a high-end device with of that cost um why do you think it's been embraced so enthusiastically well i think it's people fondly like to imagine it's down to consumers what phones you know get taken up but i think it's basically operator buy-in the one x had the same thing but just not to the same level and that's because htc doesn't have the same level of support as samsung um, and the, these are pre-sales. They're not necessarily consumer sales. Of course, they will translate into that. But it's basically operators saying, this is the big new phone. And they do this for the iPhone release as well. And they're plastering their ads all over the phone shops, all in the media. The, you know, Everywhere you're going, you're seeing Samsung S3 pre-order it now. Get it. It's the best thing since sliced bread. And I think that's why it's been so successful in that pre-sales thing. And it's because Samsung is kind of on the top of the market at the moment and has that that x factor that just makes it go bang well now hold on a minute i the, the, let me be a little bit cynical here um and, and just say are they saying pre-order it now quickly before the iphone uh juggernaut rolls into town there probably is an element of that i mean that's how the operators work you know they're on a month by month they, they're trying to put one handset in as the top thing and sell as many of them as possible but it's noticeable that the s3 has done really well in, in, in a global way and had a big global launch and you know, that's what's responsible for the big numbers i read somewhere that and do these numbers sound right to you um 296 operators are going to carry the galaxy the uh, the s3 in 145 countries Yes, I mean, that, sounds, that sounds spot on to me. I mean, that would be right at the very top end of kind of what's doable in a launch scenario. Normally, we're talking about 100 operators in 30 countries being considered a big launch. And so obviously, that's a significant volume above that. Because I... Now, the, the, the Galaxy S2 was also 
like a, a mega seller. I mean, I, I had a quick look at the Wikipedia entry earlier, and you need to scroll down for about 20 minutes just to get through the list of all the variants that they sold all around the world. I mean, mm. how they can stick the same S2 name on half of these devices is, is beyond me because they, they seem to really massively vary, you know, across geographies and things. But I don't know why I always struggle to feel enthusiastic about the S2. And I guess it was kind of a sense that whilst it was the mo- you know, really a massive seller and, and a, a really actually quite an accomplished Android handset, you know, really thin. And it, it was more to me, it felt like it was like, um, the handset, um, that box tickers would buy. You know what I mean? Somebody who has to have a tick in every single specification bot. It lacked any kind of magic or, or kind of excitement. But for me, I'm wondering, actually, I've, I have been paying a bit more attention to the S3 because it's actually those services and those bits of innovation around, you know, sort of, um, if, for example, you know, when you're looking at it, it won't go to sleep and those sorts of things, which make mm-hmm. me think, actually, you know, the S3, the difference between the S2 and the S3 is not a bump in specs or the fact that it's kind of, as we were saying, you know, the, the network operator's new favorite because they're going to sell this to all their high-end customers. It's more that Samsung have joined the race to have an ecosystem where they can do something much more interesting than just stick Google's operating system on the best bit of plastic they can make. Absolutely. I mean, I felt the Samsung S2 was almost an accidental success and it was entirely about the hardware just meeting the demand at the right time. It was, I wouldn't say a fortuitous coincidence, but certainly Samsung got a little bit lucky. And the S3 almost reverses that in the hardware is a bit... It's not me too, but there's nothing really startling about it. It's not meeting the zeitgeist. But I, there wish, is they'd this... it, I wish they'd make it more beautiful. Yes, I, don't, uh, I don't love the hardware, but go on, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It feels like a, a handset from last year. But then when you add in this software element, it's starting to tell a new story for Samsung and they're starting to behave like they should really as a leader. You know, they're starting to behave like the number one in smartphones where I've always felt before it was, you know, start up the photocopiers chaps with Samsung and they're just doing a bit more innovation. Now that's a horrendous, you know, uh, generalisation, but there's just this sense of a shift which I think makes this an interesting time to talk about the company. What I do like, what I'm particularly um, impressed with on Samsung, uh, on sorry, on the S3, should be clear, is their their new ecosystem stuff. The the music service, for example, um, what are they call are they calling it Music Hub or or, or something like that. They it's sounding good. Um, it's <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. I'm sure it's something like Music Hub or Music. So, and I remember reading. I think you can either download a track or you can pay, you know, ten or a month and you get it all. I mean, they might as well say it's Spotify. But you know, this is this is cool. My, where has this been? You know, where, where were you for the Galaxy One? Right? You know, why 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 is it coming out now? Okay, you you all of a sudden realise you've got to do an ecosystem thing. Right, so the pro another problem I've got here: you buy the S3, and you think, okay, brilliant, I'm going to invest into this music hub or a music service. Um, and then what happens? Are they going to change it? Are they going to cut and paste it into something else? Is it going to die a death in nine months? I, I don't feel that with Apple. With Apple, I feel that iTunes and their their whole you know the, the whole surrounding ecosystem. I feel is here to stay. With Samsung, I feel that they can cut and paste and change it like no tomorrow. I think Samsung have wised up now to the fact that people need to buy into this bigger picture, and that's why you've got all these services. Um, 
I didn't realise it, but um, last what was it uh, the first quarter of 2012? Um, 77% of Samsung's gross profit comes from their mobile division now. I mean, which is pretty startling. Now, obviously, they I'm sure Rafe will know the numbers better than I do, but um, the, the mobile includes dumb phones and on all manner of other stuff. It's not just high-end smartphones. But I think that Samsung have probably realised that, yeah, okay, they are a consumer electronics manufacturer, and I think they even make, you know, all manner of other stuff as well in various markets. It's not just sort of uh, home electronics. Um but they've realised actually mobile is really the massive marketplace and they've got to get in there seriously and stop just, churn, as you say, churning out the numbers. And I wonder if the S3 shows a bit of change of direction. It's not going to be an easy thing to, to, to shift a company that has basically been throwing engineers at problems uh, mm. you know, to solve it in the past. Samsung are famous for producing loads and loads and loads of variations on their products and they're one of the very few who support you know, Windows Phone, Android... Um, and a whole bunch of other platforms as well, including some of their own. And they've done that by basically having very efficient engineering teams and having multiple units that essentially work independently of each other. And I think if you're going to move into this sort of, whatever we want to call it, consumer-led or consumer experience-led philosophy, you have to move away from having those individual subunits and have something that works more as a whole while still retaining that flexibility to you know, segment your market and offer multiple products. Because uh, the Samsung model is obviously to you know, create a product that's suitable for everybody at every price point in every market. Mm. And that's a big contrast from Apple, who obviously are very focused on the high end and there's really no sign of that changing. Right, let me ask you this question. Uh, I was sitting there patiently waiting, Blanford, to ask you, Who's the CEO of Samsung Mobile? Okay. And who's the guy that runs Samsung's multimedia ecosystem proposition? All right. And what does Samsung stand for? What's the point in what they're doing? That's, uh, that's an excellent point because I don't actually know who the uh, head of the... Hey, now, hold on a minute. You can, are you Googling it? Are you... I, I can hear him looking at Wikipedia. <laughs> yes, <laughs> cheating. Well, the, the sad thing is I've just typed head of Samsung Mobile into Google and it hasn't given me the answer. <laughs> is it a problem that uh, I can name Stephen Elop, Torsten Hines... Um, Tim Cook, Phil Schiller, Scott Forstel. I mean, I, you know, I, uh, I can name everybody, but I, nobody in Samsung. I wonder if it matters, though, because, I mean... Well, it clearly doesn't. They're number one. Well, that's it. I mean, th- th- there's clearly a market for people who, don't, who just want to have a good phone and, you know, a good smartphone. And they go to the shop and it's got, you know, good camera, reasonable OS on it, you know, nice specs. It's really thin etc 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 um and it does the job i mean you know the the s2 was launched back at mwc last year and it sold 20 million since since then up to about well, 20 million is the first to february so i mean you know the, 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 does it matter that people don't know we'll just wait, wait a minute is that all 20 million handsets it's pretty good isn't it yeah. 20 million S3s. 20 million S3. The uh, Apple sold 35 no, 20 million. million. 20 million S2s. The S2s, sorry, S2s. Apple sold, sold 35 million iPhones in their second quarter, 
which I, which I think equates to the first quarter of this year, something like that, because they're a little bit, um, their quarters are different to the, the normal years. But yeah, Apple's knocking out 35 million a quarter. Uh, That's yeah, not a lot. To, but you, you have to remember here that the Galaxy S2 kind of reinforced the whole Galaxy lineup. Uh, and, you know, we've had all sorts of, you know, Galaxy devices come out. As all right, Galaxy, well. no, and Galaxy, total, this, Galaxy that. Samsung has you know, outsold Apple. They aren't releasing exact numbers, but it's sort of around the 40 million mark. Um, I think getting back to Ben's original question, does it matter? I don't think it did matter. I don't think it matters right now, but I think it will matter next year, which is maybe why they've decided to do this shift now. Because, you know, it comes back to just being a box shifter. I think you do need to have this emotional connection with people. That's what people are looking for. In my view is they should they should get rid of Android uh, or... You have to have one or the other, right? Because they're competing head-on against the emotional uh, you know, Apple, right? Um, who've got their ecosystem tied up. And it is, is a sad state of affairs when the only cool stuff on the S3 is stuff that they've had to create themselves, i.e., the, you know, a boring, rubbish, piece of rubbish Android you know, slab from one of the OEM manufacturers could be the Galaxy. You know, they, so they, what they had to do is change it and make it better and add some nice features. But there's a limit to that, right? Because they can't, they can't, they can't over-customize the phone and the, the Samsung experience because they've got to keep some degree of compatibility with Android and they've got to wait and see what nonsense or good stuff Google knocks out for the next version. So I think there's... I, th- I think it is time for them to give a lot of consideration to what their their ongoing strategy is. Blanford, what do you think? Uh, I, I would agree. You know, short term, it would be a dangerous thing to do, but long term, it's something they absolutely have to do. And I think there's several reasons for that. It's the partnership with Google itself, which, as you say, it's kind of a moving target for them. Every time Google updates something, they kind of have to update their experience. And that can't be good from an engineering point of view. There isn't that solid partnership, and I don't think there ever will be. There's too much competition. There's too much friction between the two of them. Both want to own the same bit of the pie. But uh, you know, deeper than that, I don't feel, even with all the improvements they've made, there's much cohesiveness in this experience. You know, they've taken bits in from Dropbox, they've taken bits in from Google, as Ben was describing, Absolutely. and even within their own services, there's, you know, the branding gets a bit confusing, the UX oh. gets a bit confusing, and I think in order to have that cohesiveness, they probably do need to have that element of control or sign up to Google and say, right, we're going to be the premier, the only partner with Android. If they suddenly announced, right, the S4 runs Tizen, even if Tizen suddenly becomes all singing and all dancing, you know, it's taken a long time for, for the Android ecosystem to become, you know, the, 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 the other ecosystem relative to Apple. And, um, you know, we've seen people, with, well, look at, look at Windows Phone now. You know, I mean, I don't want to, uh, we don't, we've discussed whether it will succeed before or not before. But what we do know is if, you're, if you want to launch an ecosystem, uh, you've got to put a hell of a lot of money into it. It's very, very expensive because you have to effectively carry all your developers with you, don't you? Yeah, and, and consider this. Microsoft has effectively had a, a two-year head start in resetting the ecosystem, so they're kind of in this prime position. I've expressed the opinion before that the lock-in from apps and services is getting more and more to the point where it becomes very difficult to launch a, a new ecosystem. And I'm not sure Samsung necessarily has all the assets in place to be able to do it on its own. It, it's going to need a partner, and it's with a partner, Google, at the moment that is a, sort of a, a marriage of convenience but not one of desire. And I would contrast that with Nokia and Microsoft, which are in obviously a much 
worse position uh, relative to Samsung. But the, the way they fit together does seem far more complementary uh, to the aims of both companies than, say, the Samsung-Google partnership. I'm surprised that Google still seems to be wagging the tail in this relationship with Android and that actually Samsung wouldn't turn around and say to Google, you need us. We are, I think, 40%, is it, Rafe, of Android yeah. devices, the Samsung 50%. ones? Yeah. Um, you need us. Um, you actually, never mind what you want to do. If you want, you know, if you want to still have our handsets be Android, then you need to start doing what we want to do. Because the other thing they could do potentially is do an Amazon and still remain on Android, yeah. support Android apps and and all that kind of stuff, but fork fork it, yeah. weed out all of the Google parts of the ecosystem <laughs> and all the things where Google's not making very much money. Or doing what, it where Google's doing it rubbish. Well, Google Purely. for for every Android user, Google makes one dollar seventy, um, a year. Would you believe? You know, from from um, from Android, and uh, and most of that it gives back to the network operators and the OEMs. So it's you know it's when you join the Android ecosystem, there's a lot of benefits from you know being part of a very big ecosystem. But when you get up to Samsung scale and you are a, you know you are the lead of that ecosystem effectively in in terms of devices. I don't think those numbers work for you. And they could just weed Google out. They don't need Google to have Androids, do they? Yeah, that's spot on. You know, the revenue generation within Android is very inefficient. Uh, so yes, they could sort of switch over, and it wouldn't happen overnight. But what you were saying about their their, their scale is is right. I mean, there's two ways to look at this. You can say, great, they control the component supply chain, and actually, I think that will be their killer advantage in the end, because however much we might talk about fancy software and services and consumer experience, it does feel like mobile is still moving towards, you know, commoditization. And so yeah. Samsung will be able to undercut the people because they can you know, use their own screens and chipsets and do it cheaper than anyone else. And with the benefit of economies of scale. From a very simple user standpoint, do I use Google's music services Right, that the you know the the chaps get up on stage at the I/O and tell me all about how amazing their music and film and wicked ecosystem services are, or do I use the Samsung ones, or do I use the HTC ones? What what do I do? And when I buy my S3, um, I'm obviously going to see both services, typically speaking. Right? What what do I do as a consumer? Well, I think that that's part of a confusing story, isn't it? And that's why I think that's why this has to change because certainly for me, even I've got a Samsung, I haven't got an S3 at the moment, but I, the Samsung Android device that I have, I haven't really invested very much money on anything in there because it's a it's a one-time disposable purchase it's a box, for me. Isn't it? It's a box. But, but it runs it runs Android apps and things, but hmm. I I don't feel bought into it for the long term. So even even because of that, I've not really invested very much money in Android apps, and that's you know the Google side of the equation. But if there were a Samsung Music Store, I don't, likewise, I don't think I would. And actually, similarly, I'm not spending tons of money in the Windows Marketplace yet, because although I like the ecosystem and I'm 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 sort of spending time there, I haven't kind of emotionally invested that I'm going to spend money that I expect to be you know to be valuable long term. So, you know, it, it takes a while for people to feel most emotionally connected to, to these platforms. And that's why we go back to this, who is Samsung and what are they doing? Yeah. But um, look, I think we ought to wrap, I think, think we ought to wrap it up because I think that, was, that we're, running, we're running out of time. But before we go, um, 
um, Samsung, are you a fan or not? Basically, you and McLeod. I have a Samsung fridge. So, <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. Period. Pretty cool. That was a really dire <laughs> joke. <laughs> Rafe? Uh, well, like, like you, and I have a, a Samsung hard drive. But yes, I am a fan. Any company that can hard turn drive. out that many devices and change that quickly uh, in terms of getting to the top uh, is to be admired. But I don't feel an emotional resonance with it. So in that sense, I suppose I'm not a could, fan. Could I just yeah. come back in there and say, we also have, I think I've commented on this, we have a Samsung baby monitor, right? And we have a Samsung refrigerator. Neither of which... Does your, does your baby have thund, Thunderbolt or DJI? Did you Did you ask me that the last time I mentioned that? I'm pretty sure you might have done. Wireless baby monitor. So we have a wireless baby monitor and we have a, a, a refrigerator, both from Samsung. Both of them useless if you try and do anything with them yeah, together, right? They, they, are simp- they simply solve a problem designed by engineers poorly, I, I, I'd submit. Um, this, the fridge is all right. What, what's the point? Where is the cohesiveness? I'm just not that impressed, actually. And, and you've both stolen my answer, which is that actually I'm very impressed by Samsung's technical capabilities. But for me, right. it's, like, it's like at the moment, it's like buying products designed by entirely by engineers um, because they're technically very, very capable, but I don't yet feel the love and the connection. But actually... What the reason I feel positive about Samsung, apart from the multi, <laughs> apart from the fact there are multi and multi-billion dollar enterprise that is at the top of its top of the smartphone market, <laughs> yes. so it's pretty easy to feel confident about them. Is actually that the changes they're making now show that they are alive to the challenges around this, and that they actually are changing. And I think over the next few releases, we're going to see some interesting moves from Samsung and. What will be interesting will be how they address it, whether they can mature themselves or whether they need to bring in people or firms f- who are already you know, these ecosystems and try and buy an ecosystem. You know, Do you think they'll go out and buy a Spotify, buy a Dropbox, all these sorts of things, and try and basically bring in the fans of those services to be Samsung users? And I can see them trying to do that just as much as, as, as home grow. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that's a real challenge for them to, to look forward. I think we just need to remind ourselves while they're on top now, we can look at other companies, BlackBerry and Nokia being the most obvious examples who are right at the top of their game, almost seemingly unassailable, and, and look what happened to them. So that is the threat and the opportunity that faces Samsung in the next five years. Cool. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, you and McLeod, are you free on the 11th of June? Uh, I am, actually. What, what are you uh, suggesting? We don't know the answer is I'm not free because I have to go to the 361 Live, the premier mobile panel discussion hosted by you, Ben Smith, and, and in, in some distinct way facilitated by me, Ewan McLeod, where I'll listen to Rafe Blanford on the panel saying interesting mobile things. Well, that, that's what I meant. I thought you were going to say, oh, you should come along too. Excellent. Uh, right. So, Rafe Blanford, you are going to be a panellist on 361 Live. I am indeed going to be a panellist, and I will try and say interesting things, but uh, usual disclaimers and fair usage policies. Hold on a minute. Rafe is on the panel with a guy from Nokia. That's absolutely fine. I'm going to spike Rafe's drink just before he goes on, so he can tell us what he really thinks. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, if you're listening to this, it is very, very close now to um, 361 Live. Uh, It's going to be held at the Truman Brewery on Brick Lane in London. 
on the 11th of July. If you are free in the evening, please come along. There are still a few tickets available. Go to our website, 361DEG. Uh, we need e. to change e. this. We need S. to change that. This is. Oh, go to go to go to three go to the three hundred sixty one degrees podcast dot com then, um, or follow us at at three six one podcast now on Twitter. Yes, we are on the Twitters at last as well. We think it might catch on, so check it out, kids. It's it's the cool new social network everyone's talking about. <laughs> um, and we're really looking forward to 361 Degrees Live and also a few more events hopefully coming up later in the year. So uh, come to the event, sign up for the newsletter. I really should write some more newsletters. Apologies to those of you who have. And uh, let us know what you think about Samsung in the comments. As ever, gentlemen, a pleasure to speak to you. Lots of love. A huge, huge, massive respect to you. Uh, this week, hello to Brian Katz, who, because we, we what, said hello. So we're doing this now. Well, no, we uh, just just every, ta- every single time, every single time at the end of the podcast, I try to say hello to people, and we don't do it because you say it's lame. No, I'm saying I'm saying hello and thank you to Brian especially because Brian can't come to Three Six One Live, yeah, but like Andy Hagen that we mentioned last week, he's sending us a question that we're going to play in to the event. So Brian is going well above and beyond the course of duty. So uh, a gold listener star for him. Thank you, Brian. Uh, he, you know, he's Brian's a, a, a good man, enter- but he's an enterprise expert as well. So he's going to ask a really cool question uh, about, about um, consumer devices in the enterprise, I hope. Uh, so really looking forward to that. Thank you. And uh, thank you to all our listeners and uh, the, the comments we've been getting recently. Really enjoy reading them and responding to them. And uh, we will see you again next week. Thank you.